0: grace to you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text is the reading from St. Paul's letter to the Thessalonians. In the name of Jesus, amen. Finally, then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you received from us how you ought to live and to please God, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. You, brothers and sisters in Christ, have received how you ought to live and to please God. And this manner of life is something that you have received. That is to say, it is not of your own devising. Your life is not up to you. How you ought to live and to please God is something that you have been given by Him. And you have indeed been given this knowledge. You have been taught the Ten Commandments. You've been taught the creed, the Lord's Prayer, and you have this knowledge, in fact, with explanations, whether you're in confirmation class now or not quite there yet, or if confirmation class was 10, 20, or 50 years ago. You have the small catechism to explain all this in a simple way. So God says, you shall not murder. What does that mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not hurt or harm our neighbor and his body but help and support him in every physical need. And in that explanation, you can see at once why St. Paul talks about living in a way that pleases God in the way that he does, that he talks about how you have received how you ought to live and to please God, and that just as you are doing, you ought to do so more and more. For you have indeed received this commandment, you shall not murder. And you are doing it. You're not murdering. You care for your neighbor's body, whether it's your spouse, your child, or a friend at school. Except, I mean, sometimes you punch your brother instead of caring for him, or you ignore the homeless person at the corner. You know the commandment, you shall not murder. And you do it, but you also don't. There's room to do better, to do it more and more. And on more than one occasion, to repent of it when you've just straight up failed. And so we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you have received from us how you ought to live and to please God, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. Now that's the fifth commandment that I've used as an example. St. Paul uses the sixth commandment. That is, you shall not commit adultery. The will of God for you is your sanctification. And as unpopular and sometimes uncomfortable as it is to talk about, that means abstaining from sexual immorality. Paul is well aware in the first century, just as now, of how much easier it would be to just not even talk about these things. And so he repeats that we know what God says about this. For you know what instructions, he says, we gave you through the Lord Jesus. We can't read the scriptures and claim that sexual immorality is just one small issue among many. Sins against the sixth commandment, warnings against it, come up constantly in both Old and New Testaments. And we're all aware that precisely the reason it's controversial is because it is such a present problem for us today, as it has always been for God's people. And Paul makes it clear that we ignore the issue at our own peril because, he says, the Lord is an avenger in all these things, as we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you. So, what have we been solemnly warned about? What instructions have we received? This is the will of God, your sanctification, he says, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter. Living as you ought to please God, doing so more and more, starts with you. What God actually commands is both easier and harder than what we think. It's easier because God does not actually command you to straighten out the whole world when it comes to the sixth commandment. Thanks be to God that he doesn't. That would be an exercise in utter futility. But what God actually commands is harder, because God commands you concerning yourself. This is what God says, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter. Your task is to control your own body, Of course, the Gentiles, Paul is saying, live in the passion of lust. They don't know God. But you do know God. You know what God commands. You know that you are not your own, but that you have been made Christ's own, redeemed with his precious blood. You know that you belong to him, that you have been baptized into Christ, that you have been made alive by the Holy Spirit, that you have been set free from sin. The Spirit of God has created in you a clean heart. And so, It is to this heart that God still says, you shall not commit adultery. What does this mean? Well, we have from the small catechism an explanation for that as well. We should fear and love God so that we lead a sexually pure and decent life in what we say and do, and husband and wife love and to honor each other. So if you're engaged in any sexual thought, word, or deed, apart from your husband or wife, or just any if you're not married, then stop, confess your sin, and receive absolution. And if you're married, love and honor your husband or wife, and control your own body in holiness and honor, not for your own gratification. And again, as often as you fail, confess your sin and receive absolution. And this, this is not just about you, though you are commanded to control your own body. It is also about your brothers and sisters in Christ. When you do not control your own body in holiness and honor, Paul says that you transgress and wrong your brother. And that's true whether you sin with your brother or sister, or whether your sexual immorality scandalizes your brother by presenting sin as if it's not sin. It would be a hopeless task if God had commanded you to set the whole world straight, but you are actually commanded concerning yourself to control your own body in holiness and honor because you know God. And the fact that this command is within your reach also means that you and I will have to continually confess our sins and repent. We can't just throw up our hands and say, oh, well, that's the way the world is. No, we have to actually confront the sin in our own lives. And indeed, you and I are not just called to repent of the particular ways that we fail to control our own bodies in holiness and honor. We are also confronted in this with the fact that the same sin that is at work in my heart is at work also in the hearts of others, producing all of these sins that we see around us. Just as as the same hardness of my heart that is at work when I ignore the physical needs around me is the same hardness of heart that works all of the violence and wars throughout the world. There are not two different kinds of sin. The same evil that's at work in the world around us is the same evil at work in your heart and mind. And so it is enough for us that we confess this evil within our own hearts and that we take it to Christ, who is indeed able to remove that sin from you, who indeed Christ has died for the sin of the whole world. You and I, no matter who we are and what our situation is, do not stand guiltless. And when you see those who do not know God living in the passion of lust, repent, confess the sin, that same evil that is at work in your own heart, and more and more live as you ought, as God has called you, not for impurity, but in holiness. That's a really tall order. But with St. Paul, I ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus, that as you received from us how you ought to live and to please God, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. I do not ask you in and of yourself, but just as Paul, I ask you in the Lord Jesus. That is, I ask and urge you as those who are baptized, that you are those who have died to sin and been raised with Christ to newness of life. For you in the waters of baptism have been united with Christ in his death, that you have passed through the grave to the resurrection. And the will of God, the same will of God, which has begun in your life and baptism, the same will of God is for your sanctification, for your holiness, and his grace works this very thing in you. The daily repenting of your sin, you would find more and more the life that is yours in Christ Jesus, in whom you have all good things, and in whom you have been made to be the children of God, holy and pure. To him be all the glory forever and ever. Amen.